This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome to your Tuesday Takeout Outtake Especial. I'm Major Garrett having uh, one of the great privileges of my life. Uh, no uh, exaggeration to be in the magnificent library here in uh, Flint Hill, Virginia of a great writer, a great American filmmaker, uh, Ron Maxwell, creator of Gettysburg, Gods and Generals, Copperhead. Um, I want to continue our conversation about not only Gettysburg, but the body of work you've done. And before we got this whole thing started, you said to me that being a Civil War filmmaker is a full contact sport. Um, I think I know what you mean, but I want our audience to get a sense of what you mean by that and why this feels fraught and maybe ought not to be fraught? Well, we're living in a very extremely politicized and polarized moment. Uh, this happens mm-hmm. from time to time. It's in happened before. Different societies. Uh, I, I was recently uh, in China on a project I was hired to write and um, on uh, on a empress in the third century, our calendar, and they have a different car- calendar in China. But I was impressed while I was there because the Chinese government was spending tens of billions of dollars putting back all the stuff that had been destroyed in the Cultural Revolution. Because in the Cultural Revolution that happened in the 60s, the, uh, anything that had to do with the oppression of the workers, anything that had to do with emperors, anything that had to do with the, 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 uh, the evil of, the, of all the prior generations, which they were considered these were evil people. It was erased. They were, it was erased, destroyed. Uh, uh, and now what we have, we see the Chinese people, uh, they say, I don't care if this particular emperor did this or that empress did this or this general did that. It's our story. It's our ancestors. It's our heritage. We want it all back. Uh, societies go through this. What happens is, uh, there's a, a, a German philosopher, his name is Herder, who said that every generation thinks that they're the center of the universe and better than all the generations who came before. It's a, it's a, it's it's kind of a a, a a flaw in our human character. So our generation is no different. We think we're the best. We're more moral. We're more ethical. We're more enlightened than all the generations who lived before. Of course, it's patent nonsense because generations from now they'll look back at us and say, "Look at those people. They wrecked the planet. They killed all the wildlife. They they allowed global warming. Uh, they had civil wars. Uh, they won't look so kindly on our generation." But this is the arrogance of the human spirit. So in our particular moment. There's some of us, not all of us, who decide we should tear everything down. Uh, they, were, they, were, they were nothing more than slave owners, the founding generation. They're, every, every human being that lived before us is reduced to, to kind of the worst components instead of looking at the total human being. But this, this moment will pass. 
It happened in 18, uh, 1793 during the French Revolution. Uh, churches were smashed. Stained glass, I- irreplaceable stained glass was smashed. Uh, the kings of France were disinterred from their graves and their bones scattered. It's a kind of a, a, a fever that comes over from time to time on people, and then it passes. And, Ron, some of my audience would say, I hear you. Uh, that's a very articulate rendering of the human condition. But nevertheless, a Confederate battle flag makes me feel afraid. It makes me feel threatened. And anyone who celebrates that makes me feel less comfortable than I ought to feel in my own country. Well, it's very true. And, uh, and I, I wrote an essay on this. It's, it's, it's on my website. Uh, how we have to be sensitive to everyone's feelings. It's very important that we respect one another. We understand that some symbols, uh, not just African Americans, but, but many Americans generically are offended by that symbol. By that symbol. We, other people see it as a symbol of the battle flag of the Confederacy, of the nobility of, of soldiers who are fighting. Uh, they, they see it as an honorable symbol. Both, both of those interpretations uh, need to, at some level, to be understood and, uh, and, and respected. Uh, uh, and so uh, it, 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 we, we live in a moment now where certain symbols are just uh, unquestionably provocative. And we have to understand that and therefore not provoke people. Uh, but these things pass from decade to decade, and they change over time. Shelby Foote talked about the compromise, the psychological compromise that occurred after the Civil War, which is the South agreed grudgingly that keeping the Union together was better than dissolving it. And the North agreed grudgingly that those who fought on the Southern side were not all slave-owning racists and did so with a sense of honor and courage for something they believed in that was it in part informed by slavery, but not in totality. Is that the compromise as you see it, and does it still hold? And should it apply? Well, again, this is a real minefield. Yes, it is. Because people are so so hyped up on these subjects that if they hear the the slightest thing that they don't don't agree with, they're they're ready to attack somebody. In 1860s, when the American Civil War was fought... Slavery was ubiquitous in the entire world. The first country to abolish the slave trade was the United States of America under President Thomas Jefferson in 1807. The following year, the United Kingdom abolished the slave trade. Until then, the, until that point, the slave trade was legal uh, everywhere. Now, the rest of the world was practicing slavery. Consider this. Uh, the Civil War ended in 1865. The Emancipation Proclamation is 1863, as we said earlier. Slavery was still legal in Cuba until 1878. It was legal in Brazil until 1888. Millions and millions of, of people held in slavery. Those countries didn't have civil wars. It was ended after it was ended here. So uh, Kenya, the land where our President Obama's father was born, abolished slavery in 1905 in the 20th century. It was abolished in Saudi Arabia in 1962 and Mauritania in 1981. This is how pervasive slavery is in the world. It wasn't just happening in the southern states of the United States. That doesn't make it 
any better that it was practiced here. It was an abomination then. It's an abomination now. Even though slavery is illegal now and in the entire world, finally, it's still practiced. Uh, UN estimates say between 20 and 40 million people are currently living under slavery now. To my mind, this should be our concern. We should be spending our time alleviating the suffering of these people who are held in bondage right now. I think that's a, a more pressing agenda than uh, beating up our, our, our ancestors who were absolutely mistaken. There's no question about it. And we fought a bloody civil war to resolve it. What they were doing 150 years ago matters. We need to study it. We need to understand it. But I think we need to focus on what's going on right now, the 20 to 40 million people who are held in bondage as we speak. That's the voice of Ron Maxwell, our very special guest. I'm Major Garrett. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next week on The Takeout. New episodes of The Takeout are available Friday mornings wherever you get your podcasts. The Takeout is produced by Arden Fari, Katiana Krachenko, Jamie Benson, Sarah Cook, and Ellie Watson. CBSN production by Alex Zuckerman, Eric Susanen, and Grace Seegers. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Takeout Podcast. That's at Takeout Podcast. And for more, visit TakeoutPodcast.com. The Takeout is a production of CBS News Radio. If you like The Takeout, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.